Welcome back, everybody, to Mainly Making Money. I am here, but I am without my uh, co-host, Juan, today. But that's okay, because we have a uh, more than capable backup. My former co-host on a different podcast, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Weiss. Yeah, right. I appreciate having me on, man. Yeah, back in the days of breaking down how The Office and Parks and Rec compare, which feels like i mean it was two years ago but, but it feels like eons since we last talked about that <laughs> crazy yeah so it sounds like you you took a little bit off zach has hosted many a podcast um he took some time off and so mm-hmm. i i brought him back in i it's it's mj he's back yeah i don't know i'm not wearing 45 i might still be wearing 23 but i'm definitely back and i'm really excited to talk basketball man yeah, so just as a note real quick, um, Juan is, couldn't make it today, so we'll probably talk about other stuff, USFL, NHL, other stuff later. Uh, with Zach today, we're pretty much just going to focus on the NBA Finals, uh, and this will either be a separate episode or we'll splice it in when me and Juan get to talk. I'm not really sure yet. It's going to kind of depend on scheduling. we got a weird week going. So let's hop right into it, man. What are your thoughts on the Finals so far? You're the basketball guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly shocked by how game one went. You know, I came into these finals with expectations that we're going to see the great players play great. I mean, there's no more simple way to say it. You know, the Warriors went to five championships with the Steph at Clay, Draymond's course. You sub out Durant, big deal. You know, they bring in guys like Jordan Poole and Otto Porter. They've been incredible all postseason. Kevon Looney's grown incredibly on the Boston side. You know, they lost, what, three conference finals with, with these guys, with Tatum and Brown and Smart. So I feel like as soon as they got the Bucks out, you know, it was their conference to lose. And yes, it took seven to beat Miami, but they were in control for a lot of that series. The games they lost were of their own accord, not Miami being better than them with the exception of the first. So I'm not surprised these teams got there and the finals itself, fourth quarter blitz was nuts in game two. We looked like we got an extension of the fourth quarter out of the gate and the Warriors did what we don't ever give them credit for Ryer. And that's play lockdown defense. You know, they got Draymond and they got Kevon Looney. They can bring Otto Porter. Who's always been a solid defender. Steph is holding guys who I believe under 40% on shot attempts in the playoffs or just over 40, which is baffling to me when I first heard it. And they're they're just playing better team basketball, I think through the last game, but so back and forth, it's going to be really hard to make make predictions on this one. Yeah. So my feelings last week, when we talked about this, we dropped the, our episode pre game one was I was scared of the Warriors, the most scared out of any team that we had played um, just because I don't know, I feel like Giannis was really the only thing, but when they had Middleton out, I felt pretty good about it. Um, but anyway, so now it's weird because going into it, I would, if you had said, Hey, we're going to split in golden state and go back to Boston, I would have been super happy. I'm, I'm very happy with that on the surface, but it was bad the other night. It was really bad. <laughs> uh like you're close at halftime and then to just get 
stomped and just have no fight back. And they did play great defense for sure. They were all over them. Um, it just worries me because it's like, what team is going to be here the rest of the time? Are they, are we going to be cold shooting? Um, I think it became clear to me that the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown show is not going to work. It's been apparent to me, but for some reason it's, you know, cause if you look at game one, the ball was being spread around balance scoring. If you look at the games that we played well against the heat, pretty much any team so far, it's balanced scoring. Um, there's different guys getting involved and in all the games that we've lost, whether they be close or not, I feel it's, it's just those two just going, which is, which is fine. But I mean, it doesn't, that's not who we are. We're, we're a pass the ball around team. Um, you know, the warriors are going to let Steph eat and then kind of mix in everybody else. But it, we don't, I think just at this point to me, Tatum has proven that he is not capable of taking over a series. I can please see he can take over a game. He hasn't proven to me that he can take over a series. So I don't know how to feel right now. I think game three is going to show a lot for me anyways. Yeah. And I think the important things to look at Ryer, there's a couple things I look back to game one at, and it's that fourth quarter stretch for about eight and a half minutes where the game is close. And you look at Marcus smart on the bench with Peyton Pritchard, getting all of those point guard minutes. The ball was moving. He was playing really solid defense, hit a couple of key shots. Derek White absolutely stepping up like Fred Van Vliet right after he has a kid. He, you know, I, I don't believe he named his son Derek Jr., whereas Fred became Fred Sr. But the similarities are very much there. You know, it's two guys with goatees that step up after their kids are born late in the postseason. And obviously, Ryer, it's Al Horford, who, again, was kind of, a cast off coming into the season. They traded Kemba. They had to trade a first round pick as well to acquire him, but he's always been a good fit for them. He's one of the only guys that you could put at power forward or center and be equally great on a team contending for a championship. It just didn't work in Philly and OKC had no use for him on the floor. So it's those two guys. I think they really need to step up in game three. I like your point about Tatum You know, he could take over any given game, a series. I agree because it's game to game. While he did have 14 assists in game one, he shot three for 17. They, they eked one out with the fourth quarter. Game two, scoring was there. Not much else was. I remember the Celtics, Ryer, the only positive of the second half. I think they cut it from 12 to six with those back-to-back threes. And then they went absolutely just cold. So now my only positive for you, and I'll throw it back to you from game two, the fact in getting blown out means that it was a game where they didn't have to play their best guys 40 minutes. And again, yes, you got blown out but you're more well-rested. Now you've had a couple days to settle in Boston and not having the heavy minutes load after what's been a grueling back-to-back seven-game series and competitive game one. They finally, for better or worse, got a little extra rest time and they could watch the game and they could talk on the bench cohesively before heading to the locker room and hearing from their coach again. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think that's, again, I, I think this next game will speak volumes, but I think we saw... Golden State going full throttle, just it. I don't know. It didn't seem as difficult as sometimes we make it on ourselves. I I don't. Me and Juan have talked about pretty much this whole playoff. Is that a lot of times when the Celtics lost games in previous series, they made the mistakes. They were not hitting shots. They were not moving the ball. They were making doy doy plays. We like to say, um, you know, like. 
think back the Marcus Smart thing at the end of the game, Jalen Brown at the end of the game, a couple of times, like it's just doy doy plays that result in losses. And I didn't really see that in game two. It was just, that team was just much better than you. And obviously they were cold in the second half, but still it, it they were cold, but also the Warriors were playing great defense. That's what I mean in, in that. I think we've, I think the heat series should not have gone seven. Yep. Um, I think, you know, that you probably could have got the, the box done in six. Um, whereas that's what I mean in terms of the Warriors beat you. It was not you beating yourselves, which has been a common theme for us. So I guess it's good that we didn't beat ourselves, but it's bad that we got beat that badly that by a team that was clicking. So, um, Going into game three, I'm looking at the lines right now. So it actually pretty heavily favors the Celtics. I thought the lines would be closer after the last game. Um, they're minus 160. Uh, Warriors are plus 140. Uh, we love a plus sign on the show, Zach. But uh, and I mean, I mean, damn, if that isn't good value. So uh, to anyone that's not a Celtics fan out there, you might want to you might want to hit that. Um, but the line's three and a half. So. I I've been loving and you know, this is a, this is a gambling show. And I know you work, you work uh, with a book. You can you, feel free to shamelessly plug if you need, yeah. to, but um, yeah, I, I like the spreads in NBA a lot, especially this year, because it seems like every game, I don't think any games have been, it feels like none have been decided within like, you know, four or five points. So the three and a half is, is, is a great line as well. Yeah. So yeah, shout out. Yeah. I work for a typical sports book to anybody that is in New Jersey or Colorado, any listeners from there, you could not bet with typical will be in Iowa soon. And later this year, early next, they'll be adding Indiana and Ohio. But anyway, shout out typical, of course, been there now almost six months. And it's funny because working for a book six months, I'm still not a betting man yet myself, but obviously Every game pick, everything is always geared towards the lines. And with that being said, you know, this isn't me making my pick just yet. But yeah, if you're not a Celtics fan, you absolutely hammer that plus. Because you think about what that what that plus 140 is telling you. If you're feeling really bold and you want to bet 300 on the Warriors money line in this case, it's going to net you a nice little solid 420. And so Ossie might not go that high. You know, it depends how you're looking. But you think about the teams. And every book is going to be the same like this, Ryer, where the home team in the NBA playoffs, with the exception of the Rangers lightning on that end, I know that the lightning were favored in New York to start the series, which is very interesting. because it's always a 1.5 line. You're always going to get the home team favored because of the crowd noise, the quick turnaround, and the fact that, you know, you got two elite teams. And that's a word that I'm obviously comfortable using about Boston. Finally, it's the first year they're truly elite. And, you know, it's, it's a tough one. You said it's 3.5 Boston, three, three and a half. Yep. I would, if I was betting on the game, well, yes, I do recommend non Celtic fans and I'm neutral on this series as well. I'm not rooting for either side. I'm just enjoying it first time. I don't know how many years I can say that maybe <laughs> 2007 or eight before LeBron ever left the Cavs. Cause the Miami series was easy to root on the other side. When he was in Cleveland, it was easy to root for Cleveland. It was easy to root for the Raptors over the Warriors and, yeah, and it was easy to root against the Lakers. And so, and last year it was easy to root for Giannis. So this is the first time I'm neutral. That being said, you know, Celtics are at home. They've been very good at home. They don't really do this whole back-to-back loss thing. And while they might in this series and the Warriors could very well win the finals, I think the case is going to remain. 
they're back at home. I think we might see a little less Tice. Not that he's been bad, but I think you got to tighten things up a little bit. So you go, you're going to go a lot of white, a lot of Grant, and a little Pritchard, maybe like 10 to 12 Pritchard minutes. And I think he's just cut Tice out. You know, if you want to go smaller with Horford at the five, that's fine. If you want to up Rob Williams minutes, that's fine. If you want to try Grant at the five, as long as Looney's not on the court, I think you can absolutely put Grant Williams against Nemanja Bielica, who's really only going to give you four to six points. Austin's going to come back at the team. Smart's not going to score two. Horford's not going to score two. Now, I don't expect them to light up, light it up, score 20, 25 each. But it's that balance, Ryer, where the Celtics are one of those teams where if Grant's hitting his shots, if he has the space, like he had in game seven of round two against the Bucs, where he just went crazy. Every single guy touching the court is a shot maker, except for Rob Williams, who's just a lob threat. That's seven guys that can knock down shots out to 28 feet. The Warriors obviously don't have that. Draymond has significant limitations. Otto Porter's not going to shoot much. Looney's only going to go in the paint. Clay could go one for 10 as well as he can go 10 for 10. I don't think he's going 10 for 10. I think Boston's depth like that is better. I think the three-point shot is going to win them game three, just like it did game one. Yeah, what do you think? Do you know anything? Do you know something I don't know about Clay Thompson? Because he feels like he's been largely <laughs> not present in this series, which is weird. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know more than you know. I just okay. know that when I think about Clay, and obviously as a Cavs fan, Clay's season debut was on NBA TV. They were playing Cleveland. So you already know I, I was set like five days in advance that I'm not doing anything that day to watch the game. Clay is still averaging, despite how bad he's been, almost 20 a game in the playoffs, just like he did in the regular season. And I think that he's not going one for 10. He's not going 10 for 10. He's going to be somewhere in the middle. I just think. His confidence is high. I think for him, considering how much time he missed, he's had no pressure to perform this year. And it's very rare a guy of his caliber kind of gets what you might call a free pass. It also helps that his backup is good enough to start over him if they really wanted to go that route in Jordan Poole. At this, at least at this point in the playoffs, you know, they both had some great games. They both had some bad games. Poole probably functions better as like a Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Hero type player off the bench, though. That being said, if Clay's struggling, you can still throw him on the defensive end and he'll do his job, which is what gets him his starting on. He just he's not gonna be bad again. I don't think he can be. He was watching basketball at home for so long. We we had these Clay Thompson get back commercials three years in a row while he was hurt and rehabbing and then hurt again and again and then delayed comeback this year. So he's tired of it all. And now no one's gonna talk smack about him. And I guess he again he gets that pass for the career he's had and what he went through. I just think he's going to be better. He wants a title so bad. He saw his team go 15 and 49 and miss the bubble while him and Steph combined to play five games. Then he watched them with Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Kent Bazemore, Steph, and Looney. They were down so many guys, lose to the Lakers and then to the Grizzlies last year. Two playing games. And now they're back in the finals, which they lost, we should add, the last time they were here. I don't think I think Clay would have a really sour taste in his mouth if it's his play that costs his team the series. So I think that while I do just say the Celtics will win and they will game three, I don't think it's going to be because of Clay. I think Clay is going to have 25 to 30 point night. I think he's had two or three of them in the postseason. Well, that transitions perfectly into what I was going to ask you next. And it sounds like uh, maybe hitting some sort of props on Clay Thompson is going to be the move for for tomorrow night, which I actually like um a lot maybe maybe to hit four or five threes or something 
Uh, is there any other players that you, you know, are looking at in either the series or in just this next game um, that you think could maybe hit on a prop or two here or there? Um, anything like that? Yeah, so obviously I would hammer the clay over threes for game three. Was it, it three and a half, two and a half? Do we have a number here? I am looking right now if you want to. Yeah, I'll keep going. So I would say over points for Steph. I think he'll score 30. 30 if, he's at, if he's at 31-5, which he might be uh, across the board for game three, I would still go over. I think he'll have around 35, 36. Okay. I would go Horford over on rebounds. I think that. He's continuing to play high minutes. He's always near the rim, off misses. I think he'll get there. I would honestly consider a Draymond Green double-double prop for game three, maybe even game four. I just feel like we're going to get to a point where he stops turning the ball over with these passes and they start hitting. As soon as Clay starts hitting his shots, and obviously you already have the other two. You have what I just saw, Splash Nephew is what they're calling Jordan Poole now. <laughs> and, oh, my God. That <laughs> shot was crazy the other night. Yeah. and. It's not even that surprising because we think about the guy he was when he came into the league. He was pretty much the starter because he was the de facto point guard because they had no depth. Curry was out almost the entire year. Clay wasn't there. Iguodala had left. You know, they they I think he was playing like Alec Burks and Damian Lee was playing big minutes and I've already forgotten. So I think that like Glenn Robinson, the third was starting for them. They were an absolute mess. Draymond kept getting Eric Pascal was really their best player for a while. <laughs> and he's, he's ridden the bench for the last year and a half. That being said, you know, he grew up with, with them that one year where he kind of just had to learn on the fly. And so that's why I'm so impressed with him. But again, I, I would, I would consider Draymond double, double Horford over rebounds, Curry over points. And do we have, do we have this clay line? Set? Uh, it is two and a half, but that's a minus one eighty. Um, so I don't know if closer to the game they'll maybe have one with three. They have a couple specials of, uh, like Steph and Clay four threes each. Um, they I have, would hammer that too. Yeah, I like that one. They have Steph. I mean, sorry, Clay. Uh, five plus threes also has good good odds. Um. But yeah, the other thing I'm looking at too is which I actually haven't seen before. And I don't know if Typico does this as well. There's actually head to heads here that I have not seen before. Um, so, like, you can go up against, you know, like uh, Jason Tatum versus Draymond Green, who is going to have more assists? Uh, Tatum versus K Curry, so, you know, for points, rebound, all of that. So, yeah, well, actually, uh, just a quick ad in uh, that Yeah. So, we. So we have uh, odds, uh, just like, like most books, we have our uh, daily boosted odds. And mm -hmm. so we have done a lot of head-to-heads in that where it's, uh, like for example, Giannis to outscore Tatum or Levine to outscore mm -hmm. so-and-so, X to have more than Y. So, yeah, that's it's cool. No, it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a great trend. It's a great way to get people thinking in a different way about it because mm -hmm. rather than just picking Giannis to score 35, he might only have 16, but if Tatum scores 12, it's still a winner. So it just, sorry for that, but in this example, it would be Curry scores 18, Tatum scores 22. You pick Tatum and outscore him. Usually Tatum having 22 is a bad thing, but in this case, it's free money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually like these a lot looking at these. It's similar to, uh, I've been trying to bet on F1 a little bit. And in, in that sport, you got to kind of basically go head to heads because, you know, it's the same 
two, three guys that win every race. So you can't, you know what I mean? So you look up and down. So I actually like some of these, like a Marcus Smart versus Andrew Wiggins. Like you said, if you think that, you know, Marcus is going to have a little bit of a bounce back game, I could see that happening. That's an uh, interesting one. Clay over Jalen Brown. Yes, I would go yes on that. Yeah. Given everything I just said, if I said no, I'd be a liar. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen will have a good game, but I think it's – the Celtics, I, I still think, same prediction, but that's these are some yeah. good ones. And then, yeah, Horford Poole, that might be, you know, again, same thing. <laughs> if you think they're going to have a bounce-back game, I'm, I am, like you're saying, a big believer, especially in basketball, that the good players, they bounce back. You know what I mean? They might have a cold night, but eventually it all – comes back to a middle ground. So like you said, yeah, Al's not going to have every game with two points. Marcus Smart isn't going to have every two, you know, with two points, but same as game one, they're also not going to have 25 every game. Um, so yeah, you can try and catch someone on a, on a night you think they might be down. So like, that's why I kind of like Jordan Poole because is Jordan Poole really going to shoot the lights out like he did the other night and drop whatever he did 20 something yeah it's 17 actually oh did he really see it felt i thought like it was higher too than that. yeah <laughs> so there you go um so even when he's looking at his best like yeah i i like that one a lot horford um actually quick fact jordan pools actually since may 9th has only had one 20 point game it's kind of shocking to me okay it's like he's been better that than is that. good to know that is good to know though <laughs> You know, things you can throw in same game parlays, you know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. it looks like, oh, you take the under on 20, but he just had these crazy threes. You might be able to get some value in them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll be posting some picks if, if Zach wants to. Um, if you guys want to, what's the handle that you tweet from? I don't know if you guys post any picks there on the. Typico will be at Typico, T-I-P-I-C-O. Yeah, so if you guys want to look there, see what what's going on for picks. Um, we'll obviously me and Juan will post our picks on um, the mainly making money page. And if, if Zach wants to uh, throw us a, a, a tidbit, we can, you know, we can certainly post that, that as well as a personal pick, not one, you know, not yeah. one for work or anything. I, no, I, I can give you, I can I go personal. I'll get my <laughs> picks out there. I, I will, I will change up my style. Instead of just tweeting my hashtag book it, I will tweet an actual pick and I will at you guys with it. I'll, right, I'll go perfect. straight at you will see it in real time. And see just how right or wrong, which it'll be right. It, it'll be. <laughs> All right. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So, Zach, I mean, I think you gave a great breakdown. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the series that you haven't already got out? Yeah, I think that I'm very glad, I should say, for Al Horford for having the opportunity after how long he's been in the league and making the playoffs eight every single year with the Hawks to then going to a winning situation in Boston to even though it didn't work out a winning situation in Philly, at least for the regular season part weird year last year, refreshed him. So happy he's back. He's shooting threes better than ever. This game is great. You know, big shout out. Marcus smart DPOI earned it absolutely this year. And on the other side, hate him or love him. You know, the fact that the warriors were able to get back to a finals, their first time with a healthy backcourt in three years is incredible. You know, it just goes to show that if you build a foundation correctly, you might have a downtime. You're not going to make every single finals like LeBron and Cleveland, Miami and the Warriors for their five straight years, but you believe and it'll come together. So I think a big shout out to them for taking a risk on Wiggins with all the money he was making and 
it's just incredible to see how they gel as a team. Yeah, definitely. And I, if, if you know me at all, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm a, a big time storyline guy, especially in gambling. I like to bet on the storyline. So like that, like things like a bounce back game, like yada, yada, whoever. Um, I've done it a lot with Tampa Bay, that type of thing, uh, which Tampa Bay Lightning has been free money up until this series, which I'm not happy about. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, both these teams have a great storyline. Like you said, it's it's the the dynasty coming back saying they've, they've got one more or two, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're not gone. Uh, the quick turnaround and then the Celtics being the perennial team that gets there, but just can't get over the hump. Um, and now they're like at the top of the hump and is it, uh, are they going to make it down or are they going to tumble down? And that's why I, again, I'm having a tough time reading it, but I I'm definitely happy for Al too. He, he looked so happy and he's been, um, you know, one of the top players in the league for our entire lives. Uh, you know, maybe not top now, but back in the day when he was on the Hawks getting number one seeds, he, he was a beast. Um, so it, I hope he gets back to playing well and, and continues to impact the series. I think out of everyone in the series, he probably wants to win it the most I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't believe I forgot to bring, I almost forgot to bring this up. Dr- <laughs> Draymond green is not getting off the hook for game two. He was just playing like an offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's no way from a basketball pers- perspective, you can justify any of this. And so a couple ways t- to look at the Draymond thing. If you're a Warriors fan, first off, you should be kind of appalled because you hear how smart Draymond is when he gets on the mic and he joins the TNT crew. And then you see the guy on the court and you're like, how the hell is this the same person? That's, that's take number one. Takeaway number two is that from a Celtics perspective, you know, you should be trying harder to get this guy ejected. Like, yes, he should have actually been ejected and wasn't. But like, geez, and takeaway number three, if you're Draymond Green, where the hell is your integrity going? Like. What what is your elbowing people? You're running through them. You're tackling. There's this tripping going on. Like why? You you've been out of the finals for three years. You talk this big game. You're rallying with the Grizzlies fans in round two. You're saying, oh, we were fine after losing game one and having a minus twenty four fourth quarter. Which Draymond, you played all twelve minutes of, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> what is his end goal? Uh, like. I still don't hate him enough to just start throwing completely under the bus because I still enjoy watching him get Curry the ball and how intelligent he is with the ball in his hands. But everything else is just terrible. Like, mm-hmm. this is a big part of a dynasty. This is a leader. This is also a father. Like, what does his kid think watching him play? Like, bro, what are you doing? I don't get it. Be an example for the kids, man. That's what uh, I think. I, that's it's important. It really yeah. is. Like, what is his? What's his kid gonna think five years from now when he when he's even older? When I'm not sure how old his son is, but like when he's old, what's he gonna think watching his back? Mm-hmm. What is this? He 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 toes the line, and I can respect it as a Washington Capitals fan, a fan, a huge fan of Tom Wilson. But he is going that extra mile. It seems like this series, he's always been that guy to toe the line, be aggressive. Uh, be you know the it because i'm a hockey guy like the tom wilson the revo the brad marshall the guy you hate to play against um but you love as a teammate 
And I don't even know. I feel like some of his teammates after the game were probably like, what are you doing? But he knew when he got that first tech and I, I will say this and you can, you can disavow me my, this take if you want Zach. But I think to me at this point, it is blatantly clear that I don't think they fix the games at all. I'm not saying that that is not what I'm saying, but they clearly in the playoffs have a bias to certain again storylines they would obviously prefer this game this series goes six or seven to four or five um and i think i've seen that in the heat series and a little bit in every series pretty much except for obviously the nets one but i don't even think any referee could have stopped that so that's just my i i think there is somewhat of a, you know, kind of let the, let the boys play on one side or the other, depending on how the series is going. Um, but the thing with that is, so that's what I mean in saying that I think Draymond got that tech and basically was like, I know they're not throwing me out. They're not going to throw me out of an NBA finals game right now um, when we're down one Oh, and he just kind of did whatever he wanted. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Although I don't know if it's about the storyline as much as I don't know, the paying consumer. Yeah. It's I about just, the gate, but it's, you about, know what the, I mean. it's about that. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting though, is I remember their series at Memphis, you know, where Dylan Brooks at one point got, you know, suspended, ejected and suspended. I remember Draymond did get ejected as well. I think that very next game with Memphis, I can't remember the entire postseason all in one, but I know there have been other, I believe there have been a few other ejections. Boogie Cousins probably got ejected at least once in that first round series. I watched him get ejected at a game in person where he got two texts in like three minutes. But, you know, uh, getting back to the present, not to go too far. Shout out to the Nuggets, though, Nikola Jokic. Um, But it's definitely something, you know, I think there was clearly an effort made to keep him in because I thought for sure he was getting ejected with the that last dust up with Jalen. And then all of a sudden, you know, they bring on Steve Jeff. Yeah, you know, it's nothing. That's uh, it's a common foul, guys. It's uh, it's nothing. Like, dude, no, that that's a flagrant. That's a clear something. How is that nothing? That's that's where like I've been watching basketball, Ryer, since honestly for probably over 20, 21, 22 years. Yes, that dates myself. Yes, I was four or five. I have a few memories of the early years. Not remembering the refereeing back then, obviously. But terrible. Like I bet they would throw Rodman out for that stuff. I ain't they throwing out Draymond? Like, yes, these tickets are expensive. This is a great series. You can't just take Draymond off the court if he's healthy. But you got to be better. Like, you need integrity. You got to stop fining these people for speaking out against things that are obviously incorrect. Because it, it almost comes off where the refs should just have a crown on their head and the player should have to bow before them, you know, get down. Oh, your highness. I'm so sorry. Like it's not at that level, but it may as well be because you give them one tech, they pay money out of their pocket. Fine. Then they start coming to you and then you're like enough, enough. Like what do you mean enough? And then the game's over. You did a crappy job and they're getting fines for telling you that to the public. Mm -hmm. It's not enough. They gotta be better or at least do press conferences or something. It, it can't be like that. We can't just hear nothing from them now after that game. Yeah, I'm I'm big on in every sport. I'm big on they should have to do press conferences. 
Um, who knows? That probably will never happen, but I think that would solve a lot of this. Um, and obviously keep that in mind when you guys are making your bets, because that's, it's, it definitely affects it. Like I bet the Celtics last game just because it was a plus on like based on the value, but I like, I knew they were going to lose. I, I knew they were going to lose because we've seen it before. We'll see it again. Um, I, I get that the league is going to make their gate, but, and it didn't end up mattering in the end. I'm not saying that the Celtics would have won that game without the refs, but him getting, but Draymond getting attacked could hugely swing the game. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do do they also get some sort of other suspension, or is it just the rest of that game? It's if they get ejected, I yeah. believe it would depend. So a certain number of technical fouls would get you suspended. Okay. So like for example, remember when Draymond got uh, suspended Out for cabs, for stepping right? over LeBron? Yeah. yeah. So when that happened, I don't think he got ejected from that game, but that one tech was yeah. enough to give him that game. And I think you get a certain number of flagrant foul points before getting uh, suspended as well. So if in the case that you get ejected and you pick up two, usually it wouldn't be the next game because I don't think any players are contending to get two. But I think the next time anyone gets one, they'll write it in the pregame story. So we'll be able to know exactly what that what that instance Mm -hmm. is. If it was a storyline, it would definitely be talked about like one. Yeah, definitely. And that and that swung that whole series back then. So. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, do you last thing before we head off here? Um, what do you got for a prediction for the rest of the series? Like who you got? Oh, good. If you have one. All right. All right. Well, so I'm going to take the Celtics in three in game. No, no, no. Sorry. Not Celtics in three. I don't mean they win the next three. I'll go Celtics in game three, Mm -hmm. but I'm sorry. I got to say this. Don't boot me for life. I'm going to take warriors in seven. That's just my first thought is that they're going to go up 2-1. There's not going to lose. They're not going to only win one more game the rest of the series. I just think if a push comes to shove, Curry and the Warriors have, have been in some game sevens. They won't lose a second finals game seven if it gets there. So mm-hmm. I'll take dubs in seven. Yeah, I think this series is destined to go seven, and apparently the refs are going to make sure of it. So anyways, <laughs> thanks, Zach, for coming on. You're the man. Uh, I, I, it was great podcasting with you again. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to, you know, see your picks coming up this week. And uh, we'll tag you and do all that fun stuff on, on the social. But I um, appreciate it, man. Yeah, Ryer, thank you. And Tawan, who I didn't get to meet today, obviously you and Ryer got something great going. Keep grinding. Keep making money mainly <laughs> of course and i will obviously see you next time and ryer man always great to catch up whether we're talking about ron swanson or the nfl the nba or heck we're just talking about gold nation always a great time man yes sir uh following at mainly making money uh instagram uh we do have a twitter i gotta figure out that with one he made it the other day so we'll post that um with the new episode uh, again, don't know if this is going to be a two-parter or one episode, but regardless, I'm going to just say thank you right now. Love you guys, just in case. <laughs>